This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. She'll lift you up and empower you to help your child and your family thrive. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Welcome to this next session of the The Parenting ADHD Podcast. I am going to talk to you today about the language that you use to describe your children and why that's so important. You know, we often don't think about how we are describing our children's behavior. We don't really process necessarily what we're feeling about what's happening. We just describe it and not really think about it. And so what I'm noticing more and more in the parenting communities and the ADHD and autism um, realms is that we are still using that neurotypical description of behavior. And here's what I mean. Um, You know, my son refuses to pick up his shoes. Is he really refusing? That's the first question that you need to ask yourself. Is he really refusing to pick up his shoes or is there something else going on? Because as we've talked about many times on this podcast before, kids do well if they can. That's what Ross Green teaches us. Kids do well if they can, not when they want to but when they can. And so here we're talking about what is the burden or the hurdle that is keeping my son from putting his shoes where they belong? Is he outright refusing? Did I say, son, go put your shoes away by the door where they belong? And he said, no. No, that's not what happened at all. Instead, you know, I'm talking in frustration to someone about the fact that he just refuses to put his shoes on, but that's not accurate. And I know that many of you are going to be thinking, well, isn't this just semantics? Why does this even matter? But the truth is that it really does matter because it frames your mindset about your child. So if I'm thinking that my son is refusing, that he is willfully disobeying me, that puts me in a whole different mood and thought process than if I say to myself, okay, my son's brain does not organize like my brain. My son does not see that his shoes are out of place. He literally doesn't see that his shoes are out of place. This is a struggle for him. Now what kind of mindset am I in? Now I'm thinking, how can I help him? What can I do to help him to get to the point where he's able to put things away where they go when he's finished using them? Those are two very, very different approaches, different thought processes on that one simple behavior, right? And so, you know, when you catch yourself with these different language issues, as I will call them, 
you know, pause, take a minute and ask yourself, what is really going on? It's not that my child is refusing to do this. What is really happening here in relation to their ADHD or maybe coexisting disabilities that your child might have? Um, Because then, you know, then you're in a place of helpfulness then you can do things that are going to have an impact for your child, have an impact on this behavior versus doing things that make them feel bad about themselves and really aren't going to change the behavior. If I said, wow, my son just refuses to put his shoes away every single time, he needs a punishment, he's going to have to learn. Do you think if I take away his electronics for the day that he will remember tomorrow to put his shoes away? I'll give you this. Tomorrow he might remember. And maybe the day after it was still painful enough that he would put his shoes away. But after that, you can forget it. It's going to be back to the same pattern because I haven't given him the skills and the strategies and the workarounds to work with the brain he has to succeed in putting things away where they go. Do you guys get what I'm saying? You know, it's just that little word refuses. And that really is a red light word for parents of kids with ADHD. If you're starting to talk about your child's behavior and you're using the word refuses, then it is likely a moment in time where you need to pause and think about your language because thinking about that language that you use to describe your child or describe that behavior is going to help you reframe to the right perspective to then handle the situation the most effective way it can be handled. Um, You know, we've talked about other red light words those other red light words include things like won't or chooses. My child chooses not to follow instructions. My child chooses not to act his age. We will have the developmental discussion again really quickly here for those who haven't heard that from me. ADHD is a developmental disorder. Your child's developmental age is two to three years behind their chronological age. So if you're parenting a 10-year-old, they were born 10 years ago, developmentally, they are more like seven or eight. Totally different parenting approaches, totally different places where you should align your expectations. So when we start saying, he won't act his age, or why can't she be able to do this by now? Those are red flags. Again, check your language. If you're using chooses or won't in describing behavior, you need to check yourself, pause, and say, okay, I know I shouldn't be using the words chooses or won't to describe my child's behavior. So how can I reframe this in a way that honors who my child is and where they are right now so that I can actually help them? And let me tell you something. When you start reframing your behavior like this, when you start seeing your child for who they really are and not... um, 
who they are in comparison to their peers or other kids their age, it is freeing. It will free you, folks. It's amazing because now you see that your child isn't choosing to do something that um, is not following your rules, but this is the brain they have. This is where they are right now. And so now you're looking at them, you're looking at that behavior from this place of acceptance and compassion and empathy. And those things always, always, always work better for our kids and our parenting. some more words that would be a cue, more language that says, I, the parent, need to take a pause and reframe my thinking. Defiant, selfish. You know, I hear a lot of parents talk about how they went, say, to a birthday party or a family function and their child um, just kind of railroaded everything that was happening and they just wanted to do what they wanted to do and they weren't really good in a group in a social group Um, that's not because they're selfish people that's because their social skills are not there their awareness self-awareness or awareness of others is not at the level that you're expecting yet so Don't think of your kids as selfish. They really aren't. Every now and then, I think all of us want things to be all about us for a minute. But outside of that, your kids are not more selfish. They just have different skill sets and they're, they, you know, they need your hand. They need a helping hand to get to where you're expecting them to be. Um, defiant, you know, that kind of goes with refuses. When we're starting to describe someone as defiant, we are almost putting a character value on that behavior. We're calling it a character flaw rather than accepting that it's who they are and they're struggling in that moment. When a child is being seemingly defiant, they're struggling. They're having a hard time with something. I've said this before. Your child is not giving you a hard time. Your child is having a hard time. So reframing that thought of defiance into, wow, my child is really struggling right now. Let me figure out why and how I can help two totally different outcomes. Again, it's all about the language that you're using to define the way that you're thinking about and interpreting and reacting to your child's behavior. Um, Lazy and unmotivated. These are red flag words for us too. This is language that only makes our kids feel like crap and it doesn't help us or anyone else. You know, when you make my son feel like he's lazy, he feels super bad about himself. But instead, if I say, okay, you need to do this assignment. I know you don't like English. I know this isn't interesting for you. So what can we do to work together and get through it? 
instead of saying, you're such a lazy student, just do your homework. Can you guys hear the differences in these different phrasings? It's just crucial. And it it sounds like they're just words, but they're not just words. They're not just words to our kids. And they're not just words in the way that our minds are processing what is happening. They're super important. You know, I think we could have this conversation with a lot of teachers too. Don't describe my child as lazy and unmotivated. He's not. He's just not motivated to do what you're asking him to do, or he's not capable to do it in the format you're asking, like a worksheet, um, or he's bored out of his gourd, and so he's not engaged. But to say home to a parent, you know, your student has been lazy in class lately. It's just not helpful. You know, these words are just not helpful. They're negative and they pull us down into negative spaces that we have no business being in. We've talked about this as well. You know, your thoughts, your hope and your optimism and your gratitude are everything to your success as a parent of a special needs child. If you are always kind of pulled down in that negative space, you're going to get stuck there. You have to do this work and this practice to keep in the right mindset, to use more appropriate language. You know, you have to kind of do a self-check a lot. You know, I I see it a lot in things that are posted in forums and stuff, and I see this language um, and it, it just reading a description that somebody has written that uses these words like refuses or defiant or manipulative, it it brings a whole tone just to that post. And so if that's the tone that post has, what tone do you actually have in your being and in your family and with your child? You know, these are really important things that, you know, most people don't have to walk around in their parenting thinking about, but we do. And really, this is the right way to parent for everyone. Why would we not be positive? Studies have shown that positive parenting is super beneficial and effective. Studies have shown that when we choose to be more of a victim instead of a survivor as a parent, when we kind of you know, stew in the stress that our health declines, both physically and mentally, you know, and then we're not the best we can be for our kids. You know, this is all kind of this tangled, vicious cycle that we can unwind a little bit at a time with practice and just with self-checking ourselves with our language, with our tone, um, And, you know, the first easiest way to do that is to self-check yourself when you're describing your child's behavior outside of your immediate family. That's where I see most of that language coming in. And that's a good place because often, you know, you can think about how you're describing it beforehand um, and you're saying the words out loud so you can really work on that that language by starting there and getting a good feel for that. And you'll notice the more you change your verbiage out loud, the more it's going to change the verbiage of your conscience in your head. It really, 
really makes a big difference, I promise. I know that this is not easy stuff. I know that I am asking you to really be mindful, to really work on taking a different approach to your descriptions, finding a different language that you can speak that's going to be more helpful and more healthy, really, for your entire family. Another one I think that a lot of us end up leaning on is that our child won't listen or doesn't listen. And folks with ADHD, we all know full well that paying attention when someone is talking to a person with ADHD is difficult. This is their brain. This is 100% the physiology of their brain. They're not choosing not to listen to you. Um, And I, you know, we all know about selective listening. And I'm sure there's times where, yeah, we're on a rant and they're tuning us out. But I'm talking about when we give instructions to our kids and then they're not able to follow them. Instead of saying, my child won't follow my instructions or my child never listens to me, you're reframing that language so that you're addressing the fact that it's a struggle for them to follow your instructions. You know, maybe you're giving verbal instructions with three or four steps all at once. Most kids with ADHD cannot handle that. They will get lost before they finish. And so writing things down, I learned from Holly Moses um, that if you keep post-its all around the house and when you give an instruction, jot it down real quick and hand it to your child, that makes it so much easier for their brain and the way their brain works to then follow through on your instructions in the way that you expected them to. You know, just these little things, just, you know, acknowledging that your child isn't choosing not to listen to you and they probably heard you, but that they struggle with that step to step with the working memory, with getting lost in sequencing. You know, all of these things are part of the ADHD brain. And when we start to really understand and acknowledge and accept that, and then using that to kind of craft the ways that we describe behavior makes all the difference in the world. It, it just, I, I can't stress it enough. And I, I'm doing this particular episode on this topic because I do have a closed group on Facebook. Um, and I also moderate the forum for Attitude Magazine and a little bit of their closed Facebook group as well. And I have constantly seen lately folks who are posting, um, you know, and they're just looking for help. They don't know any different. They don't recognize um, the impact of that negativity and the language that they're using. But it's very consistent among parents that that is the language that's being used, that we are stuck in those negative descriptions, or we're stuck in those neurotypical expectations. You know, if your child is 12 or 15 and not cleaning up after themselves, 
there's a reason for that. Kids want independence. They want to please their parents. They want to do a good job. So saying, you know, my 15-year-old refuses to clean up after himself is not at all helpful. It's not at all helpful. But if I say, wow, my 15-year-old really needs some help with the skill of following through and putting things away, now I'm approaching it in an entirely different way. The first way, I'm just frustrated and angry and nothing's changing. The second way, I'm thinking about resolutions and skill building and I have this empathetic and compassionate approach and that's what I'm really after here you know you just have to shift from the negativity to more positivity but make sure that you are using the language that describes who your child really is and where they really are today not what their calendar age is, not what their neurotypical peers are doing, that it's very true and honors your child and their brain and their functioning today, right now. I encourage you, if you have questions or anything, please leave a comment. I always answer comments on the show notes of each episode. This show notes will be found at parentingadhdandautism.com slash 045 for episode 45. And, you know, reach out, tell me your language struggles. Let's um, collaborate and brainstorm and see how we can shift your thinking more into this positive realm. I promise you this little thing, while it takes practice and energy and time, it is a pretty small thing but it's going to make a monumental difference. Thanks for joining me and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. If you connected with this episode, please share it on social media. Be sure to visit parentingadhdandautism.com to join the conversation and take advantage of Penny's online courses and summits, retreats, parent coaching, and fantastic bonus content.